It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life for this. <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. <laughs> you are listening to the best of the back row. It's also food day. I don't understand this one. You're just going to eat all the food? food? Yep. Hey, hooray for food. Any food item that you see today, you need to consume yeah, that it. That can't be. That can't be all of it. Okay, hey, food day. All right. Food day. Um, let's see. Do, 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 do. Is focused on raising awareness and changing behaviors related to food in the U.S., oh. uh, which include nutrition education, food rescue, sustainable ar- agriculture, hunger, farm animal wef- welfare, and farm and food service workers' rights. What is food rescue? Another food rescue, also called food recovery or food salvage, is the practice of gleaning edible food that would otherwise go to waste from places such as restaurants, grocery stores, produce markets, or dining facilities and distributing distributing it. Distribute. How do you say that word? Distributing. There we go. I couldn't say the word. To the local emergency. Okay. So this isn't saying like... Take the food that you didn't eat on your plate. And take it home. And give that to somebody. No. No, it's, it's food that places would probably throw out because they're expired. Mm-hmm. Even though being expired doesn't mean that they're unedible or not nutritious. It just yeah. means they might not taste as good. Or, uh, you know, a lot of restaurants overcook. They yeah. cook. Cook a little more. Uh-huh. If they have stuff that's pre-prepared. Yeah. And at the pre- end of the pre- day, pre-prepared. they're going to throw it out. Yeah. But, Breads and stuff. Mm-hmm. Panera Bread donates all their uh, bread yeah. to places. So I like this. I like this day. It not only yeah. allows you to really consider food in your own life, but then food in other people's lives. Absolutely. I like that. Um, <coughs> along with Food Day, it's National Bologna Day. Ugh. Bologna's not really a food. I mean, <laughs> we in America consider it a food, but... <laughs> Bologna! I'm, I'm coming into this Yeah. Disgusting. You don't like bologna? Disgust. Oh, gosh. Not only do I not like bologna, but I've had a traumatic bologna experience. Oh, gosh. Your bologna did not have a first name? <laughs> Was it nameless? My bologna has a first name, and it's Megan. <laughs> um, oh. No. Uh, <laughs> Burn. <laughs> I don't know how prevalent this is among bologna lovers to... Uh, fry their bologna yes i'm assuming that's a big thing yeah but my brother-in-law brian when he was still a kid we were all kids still teenagers he microwaved his bologna all the time and it just made the entire house stink stink like death yeah like every single time he did it he would microwave it as a sandwich daydream i had to leave we had to get out of the house it was so bad (laughs) it was so bad so that's my traumatic experience. Don't I actually, ever microwave bologna. I remember meals at dinner, which I grew up. I don't want to say that I grew up poor, but we grew up below the poverty line for for most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, below, below the bologna line. Below the bologna line. <laughs> um, and I can remember at least once every other week having bologna and eggs for dinner. Ooh. 
Yep. Ooh, but it would be fried bologna, yeah. Fry, well, yeah, fried bologna. I've never bologna had fried bologna. Scrambled eggs. I used to have. And toast. When I was a kid, I remember eating bologna. And I don't remember when it switched for me. It was somewhere in middle school where I suddenly I took a bite and I'm like, this is disgusting. Yeah. How did I ever eat this before? Yeah. Um, but that was very strange. Few when, things have done that in my life that have just completely switched out of dime. Yeah. Where I loved it one day and I absolutely hated it the next and couldn't touch it again. I think that's why a lot of people who eat bologna eat it fried. Because there's this texture to bologna that's almost like, uh, you know how like when you get a piece of fat in hamburger meat and it's like that. Gristly type. uh Yeah. That's kind of, bologna has that sort of texture as well. And so when you fry it and it gets crispy, crispy you kind of forget about... That gristly nastiness, <laughs> right. which yeah. for me, it's the same way with hot dogs. If I'm going to eat a hot dog, I want my hot dog blackened. I do prefer a blackened hot dog, but mostly because I just like the taste of that carbon flavor. Yeah, but then it also <laughs> it takes away because I think bologna and hot dogs are pretty much the same meat product. Yeah, but they don't taste the same at all. Um, well, I can't vouch for all hot dogs because hot dogs taste different. That's true. Uh, from brand to brand. Mm-hmm. Ballpark hot dogs. Not ballpark. What is it? Bar S. Bar S hot dogs taste like straight garbage. I can't eat them no matter how they're prepared or how much burnt they are. They're gross. Bar S is actually like a regional thing. I've never heard Bar S until here. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, maybe. So, but they're gross. They're yeah. awful. Not all Bar S products are awful, but hot dogs are the <laughs> bottom rung of hot dogs. Um. But I guess I typically stick to like Oscar Mayer. Yeah. Um, and I've had Ballpark before. They're not bad. Uh, I don't like all beef hot dogs, like Hebrew National or, or Angus hot mm-hmm. dogs from Oscar Mayer or whatever. Because I find those too greasy. I like turkey hot dogs. I've never had a turkey hot dog. Well, Oscar Mayer has turkey. Oh. Um. Is that a typical hot dog? Is that what? No. Typical no. hot dog's pork, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. So they have turkey hot dogs? Mm-hmm. Actually, are... I take that back. I have had a turkey hot dog, but it was from Wiener Schnitzel. There was a time when Wiener Schnitzel was selling a low fat hot dog. Mm-hmm. We keep it in a steamer. Yeah. It was okay. It wasn't great. I don't know that I would like it in a steamer. Yeah, Again, because you like them, because you like I them like fried them. up. Yeah. yeah. Right. But I'm okay with boiled hot dogs. Yeah. Not pan fried all the time. I, but I prefer fire grilled or whatever. Yeah. Like, I prefer to see blackened from fire. Even just like a campfire. Campfire hot dog? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's the best. Mm. The only way, aside from a completely blackened, charcoal hot dog that I will eat a hot dog, is if my older brother, Jason, microwaves it for me. And nobody else can microwave it like my brother does. I don't know. I really You're don't know. Literally doing nothing but pushing a button. I know. You are whacked Do you out, know right? I have tried multiple times... And I think, (laughs) yeah, I think that it's because it's a nostalgic thing. Like when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I didn't, I was excited because yeah, my brother's making me a hot dog. I don't got to worry about making myself lunch. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, bro. But now it's like, this just doesn't taste like it did when Jason made it. (laughs) This isn't a Jason hot dog. (laughs) Yep. Jason, can you come over and put my hot dog in the microwave? (laughs) Right? oh it's yep. so weird nobody microwaves a but hot I'm, dog like my brother but i'm that way about the burnt thing i'm that way with um uh oh gosh what are they called 
not sausages, but brats. Yes, bratwurst. Uh-huh. I don't really care for the taste of bratwurst at all. But then I was at a diaper party for Sippy, mm-hmm. and he was making brats. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to force myself to eat a brat so I don't look like a, a jerk in front of everybody. Well, he forgot about them, and he burned them all. Some of them like. Too charcoal. Unsalvageable. <laughs> and I ate like five of them. They were so good. And so anytime my my my, uh, my wife's family always makes brats. Yeah. Throughout the years, they've always just had to buy a package of hot dogs for me, too, so I could eat when they eat. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, make brats. Just you know, leave mine on for just ten, burn 10, it 20 to extra a crisp. <laughs> and every time, and every single time they bring it to me, and it's like not even anywhere near. Like, is this fine? I'm like, no, just. Leave Put it, it on. on and walk away. <laughs> I'll get it when it's done. It's fine. <laughs> and now, Mo, it's time for my favorite, favorite segment. Apple or not apple? Onion or not onion. <laughs> I'm going to read two headlines. One of them is real. And one of them is from The Onion. Your goal, as always, is to tell me which one is real. Play along at home. Are you ready? Ready. All right. First two headlines. Study finds over 5 million birds die annually from collisions with clouds. Or Donald Daters, new app for Trump supporters, aims to make America date again. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm going with clouds kill birds. Wrong. <laughs> Dating as a supporter of President Donald Trump can apparently be challenging. <laughs> Conservatives may encounter messages like Trump supporters swipe left or on Tinder. And if you voted for Trump, don't waste my time on other people's popular dating apps profiles. Uh, but a 2016 survey from Tinder found that 71% of online daters consider political differences to be a deal breaker. Enter Donald Daters, a new dating app that launched last Monday for Apple and Android devices with the mission of helping Trump supporters meet and mingle on a platform free of any liberal backlash. For many young Trump supporters, liberal intolerance has made meeting and dating nearly impossible. Support for the president has become a deal breaker instead of an icebreaker. That's why we created a new platform for Trump supporters to meet people without being afraid of talking politics, said Emily Moreno, CEO of Donald Daters, in a statement. The app, which is similar to other dating apps like OkCupid and Tinder, gives users a new set of matches each day based on various preferences that they can preset. Users can chat for free, and when a match is mutual, block any potential liberals that troll them. And Donald Daters is open to everyone. This is actually one of three dating sites of this nature that I am aware of. Uh, one is called Trump Dating, and the other is called TrumpSingles.com. You know, it makes so much sense. <laughs> it does. After you read it, it, I, yeah, it makes sense. But I love the slogan, Make America Date Again. Make America Date Again. <laughs> I, yeah. Which, but that slogan is what made me think that it wasn't true. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It makes it sound out of this world. It kind of does. But can I ask you a question? Ask. When did it become okay to ask people who they voted for, like, right away. <laughs> I think this election. <laughs> I feel like that would be at least, like, a 
fourth or fifth date. People were so incensed with, you know, because they were certain, 100% certain that Hillary was going to win. People were so incensed that that didn't happen. That this has become a seriously, if you are in any way supportive of Donald Trump, get out of my face. Like, I do not even want to waste a single date with you. I don't want to waste a breath. I don't want to waste a minute to type a message to you situation. I mean, it's been so volatile and it still is. It remains that way to this it day. It does. Hillary it Clinton does. came out there last week and said, we can't be civil with the other side <laughs> because they're trying to destroy everything that we believe in. I'm like, well, that's where we've been for, I don't know. That's where, well, I say we've, but that's where a conservative side has been yeah. for decades now. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to destroy she, she, she everything. Said, she said, we can return to civility once we're in power again. <laughs> Straight up calling for, let's not be civil. <laughs> if that isn't immature, I don't know what is. Like, we're that having... is not, that is the definition of infantile in and of itself. We are having an uncivil war now here in America. Yeah. I can't be civil with you because I don't you, agree with you. You don't believe what I believe about yeah. things. Oh, wow. Anyway. Wow. So funny. Okay. So sad, but so funny. <laughs> All right. Next two. Next two. Which one's real? Which one's fake? Okay. Plane diverted because a drunk bro refused to stop doing pull-ups. Or Kevin James announces he is not considering a late career shift towards more dramatic roles. Um, diverted plane. Correct. I can I can envision it. Like he had one too many alcoholic beverages being served to him and started doing pull-ups on the the overhead luggage compartment. That's essentially it. There was <laughs> there were signs American Airlines flight 2763 was going to be a uh, a uh, uh, ooh, this has a cuss word in it. Oh. <laughs> I got this from a, a less reputable news source. I'm glad I didn't just straight read it. Right. It was going to be quite the show <laughs> even before the plane took off from Phoenix on Monday. A passenger sauntered on board with not one but two dogs, which might be pushing it. And to make matters worse, he was apparently wasted, blatantly stumbling through the aisle on his way to his seat. But it wasn't until the plane was midair that the trip went fully off the rails. The Boston-bound passenger, who was already allegedly pretty drunk by the time he took his seat, crushed a few beers, slammed down some liquor, and then inexplicably just stood up in the aisle. (laughs) Apparently feeling in tune with his inner gronk or whatever, he decided to turn the overhead compartment into his own personal pull-up bar. He was leaning up against where you put the bags overhead, and a passenger came by and said, What are you going to do? Some pull-ups? Passenger David Markowski told WBZ-TV, and the guy actually grabbed onto it and started doing some pull-ups on the plane in front of everybody when he refused to stop trying to get his gains, or whatever, in the aisle. A flight attendant came by to tell him that, no, you're not allowed to get blasted and beef up your lats during a flight. (laughs) Apparently, he wasn't having it. He would not sit down. The flight attendant probably asked him about three or four times to sit down, and he refused to sit down, and then he really got verbally abusive with her, started calling her names, unwilling to let some belligerent bro yell at a flight attendant and show off his biceps all the way to Boston. The pilots decided to divert the flight to Kansas City. Cops escorted the guy off the plane, presumably along with his dogs and the woman he was traveling with. 
But according to the FBI, imagine being her in this situation. (laughs) But according to the FBI, he wasn't arrested and he hasn't been charged with anything. The flight wound up leaving for Boston without him and finally touched down at 1 a.m. about 90 minutes late. Yeah, imagine being the woman (laughs) alongside this guy. (laughs) So do laws not cross clouds? Like, when you're up so many thousand feet in the air, are laws no longer... Because I'm pretty sure that constitutes drunk in public. I don't know. Does it count? Does it constitute public, or does it count as more like a bar? Because alcohol is served on flights, and you can be drunk in a bar. Yeah, but if you're acting belligerently, if you are acting out of control, then you can still be arrested in a bar for being drunk in public. True. True. I think. Yeah. And I feel like this is. I'm yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, maybe the, maybe the lady he was with talked them down from arresting him. Maybe he's not normally like this. I'm. He's I only feel like, had fifty-seven beers. I feel like the only way that they might take, the only way that I could understand them taking mercy on him is if he has a debilitating fear of flying. Because it said that he was drunk when he got on the plane. Right. So my thought is, he got there super early. He was sitting in the bar at the airport, got toasted, <laughs> so that he would have enough courage to get onto the plane and not be terrified out of his mind. With his two dogs. But let's learn a lesson here, guys. There is a fine line between being okay to fly and not being okay to fly. <laughs> and that not being okay to fly is when you think that the airplane is your personal gym. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> all right, all right. Last two. Onion or not onion, tell me which one's the real one. Report. U.S. still leads the world with highest density of Kevins. <laughs> or China plans to launch its own moon by 2020. Oh, gosh. <laughs> this one seems pretty obvious. I think it's the Kevin one. Wrong! What? <laughs> China is reportedly in the process of creating an artificial moon that would be bright enough to replace the streetlights in the southwestern city of Chengdu by 2020. The illuminated satellite is said to be eight times brighter than the real moon, according to the state media People's Daily, and forms part of the country's growing ambitions in space. Chinese scientists plan to send three, actually, three artificial moons into space in the next four years, and the moons made from reflective material like a mirror are expected to orbit at 500 kilometers above the Earth and light up the area with a diameter of 10 to 80 kilometers. So Wu Chunfeng, chairman of Chengdu Aerospace Science and Technology Microelectrics, that's such a long name, Chengdu Aerospace Science and Technology Microelectronics Systems Research Institute Corporation, my gracious, which developed the project, said that illuminating satellite would provide a dusk-like glow. So the satellite's brightness and service times are both adjustable and the accuracy of the lighting can be controlled within uh, tens of meters, uh, Mr. Wu told the state media agency earlier last week. Uh, Mr. Wu added that three artificial moons would operate alternatively in order to signify or significantly reduce infrastructure electricity consumption, especially during winter. So the illuminated satellite is designed to complement the moon at night. And uh, it's supposed to cover 50 square kilometers in Chengdu. It would save about 1.2 billion uh, 
It's not yen. Yuan. Basically $240 million in electricity costs every year. Uh, It could also be used to light up areas experiencing power outages caused by natural disasters such as earthquakes. It's actually a pretty cool idea. Yeah. And it's obviously nowhere near like an actual moon. It's not the size of a moon. It's not going to be up in the orbit with the moon. Right. It'll be more like a satellite, but it'll be a giant satellite that's made to do exactly what the moon does and reflect the light around it or the light from other mm-hmm. places on Earth mm-hmm. and shine that light in areas that need it. It's actually pretty futuristic and pretty dope. It is. What do you think? I still think <laughs> the Kevin one was right. I'm sure it is. I feel like I feel like most Kevins are in America. <laughs> most what? Kevins. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Evan. <laughs> most Kevins. Kevins. Every Kevin I've ever met's in America. Right. I'm just saying. You're listening to the best of the back row. Today's show is brought to you by Back Row Baptist, trivia board game. Prove you're the holiest Christian once and for all. Check it out on BackRowRadio.com in the game section of our store. <sighs> that should be my radio voice. All right, guys, come on down. Welcome to the show today. we got quite a show for you. No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Coming up next are five random facts with potato chip. I really don't like it. <laughs> You've got to stop. <laughs> you know, open up that bag and show us the five facts you got there for us. Nope. Not happening. Tasty morsels of salty Not goodness. until you stop talking like that. I'm not going to do it. We will just sit here in silence. Not happening. <laughs> I'm doing a service for all of our listeners. Taking one for the team. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're all hearing it too, Mo. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> we got the top no. 40 hits coming no, no. your way. No. I'm Casey Kasem. Nope. <laughs> all right. That is the sound that nightmares okay. are made of. <laughs> <laughs> I live in your nightmares. Mm. Just in time for Halloween. All right. Five random facts. Number one. <laughs> The more stressed you are, the slower your wounds and illnesses heal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I still have an open wound from third grade. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been stressed out ever since. Matt, you know that I just reached my 30 days of the day that I found out about my ulcers? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we haven't heard much about that. How are you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Good update, good update. All right, let's keep it rolling. I'm still slowly dying, but hey, we all are, so. (laughs) Just at different speeds. Yeah. Dying slowly day by day. Dying slowly. No, so I was on that medicine. Don't ask me the name of it, because I don't know. But for 30 days for the ulcers to just see if that helped with my pain, and it did. However, I still have random pain due to the gallstones. Mm-hmm. Specifically, when I eat Domino's cheese bread. Really? Mm-hmm. What's so significant about I that? I think it's because of all the grease. Yeah, that is some greasy stuff. Yeah. 
Yep, but we had it probably <laughs> two weeks ago. It. it is worth it. <laughs> and let me tell you, I only had a piece of it because you know they cut it in slices. Yeah. I only had a piece of it, just one, and just it was one two little... o'clock in the morning. And I sat straight up and I was like, "Oh, Chris is like, are you all right? No, I'm dying." <laughs> so I can't eat Domino's cheese bread. <laughs> I felt like I was having a baby again. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two, your chances of being born on leap day are one in 1,461. About 200,000 Americans and 4.1 million people around the world have a leap birthday. Mm. That, But that, mm, so are they only like four years old or eight years old? No. How does that work? That, I mean... If you are born on a leap day and you get to do that thing where you're like, oh, I'm only turning four today. <laughs> okay, fine. Enjoy <laughs> that, you one random person out of 1,461. But <sighs> I find it annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Like, no, you dummy. You're still. <laughs> do you know anybody who's been born on leap day? Uh, I knew one person in, in high school. Yeah. Oh. But, I mean, we're still living a year. We live through the leap day, too. True. We count it as a normal year. Yeah. They just happen to be born on it. Still a year. <laughs> I know you aren't actually thinking you're only four. But when you carry the joke on into your adulthood, beyond your childhood years, you got some problems. <laughs> it's not that funny. I know I know. you only get to make the joke once every four years, but that's not long enough. I think I might would be that person, though. <laughs> I think you might would, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we both know. Okay, number three. On Good Friday in 1930, the BBC reported, there is no news. Instead, they played piano music. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Maybe we should take a note. <laughs> Do it ourselves. There is no morning show. <laughs> that was more like flute music maybe flute music is what it sounded like not flusic 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 okay uh number four like flusic like a flusic <laughs> flusophone <laughs> we're dr seuss up in here uh number four ben and jerry originally wanted to start a bagel company the partners ended up in the ice cream business because they couldn't afford a bagel machine. Imagine going to an alternate reality. And it being... And it's mostly the same. Almost everything's the same. You're like, let's go get some Ben and Jerry's. And your friend responds, I don't want a bagel right now. Yeah. You imagine the mind bend that would happen at that moment. What? Bagels? No, what? it's that ice cream. Even, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Why would they have bagels? But see, then it makes me wonder, would they have, like, the Jerry Garcia, Cherry Garcia bagel? <laughs> Cherry Garcia. Hmm. With chocolate and cherry in the you know? bagel. Ben and Jerry's. Or a monkey bagel. Start a bagel company, Ben For and Jerry's. Real? You can afford the machine now. Right? <laughs> but I want all of your ice cream flavors in bagel form. Right? That sounds fantastic. It really kind of does. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Let's just think about it for a mm -hmm. while. Okay. And in 1991, mm. Wayne, <laughs> Wayne, the the name Wayne is just like. Wayne. I feel like it's the worst name on the face of the planet. We'll say his old name because it's not great. Wayne Allwine. <laughs> Wayne Allwine. Wayne Allwine. It's Wayne Allwine here. 
who was the voice of Mickey Mouse, <laughs> married Rusty Taylor, the voice of Minnie. Isn't that nice? Aww. That's nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a thing. Good, I'm glad. I'll do a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the guy? He was on America's Got Talent, and he sang in... Um, in impersonations, and it on the back on the screen behind him, it put up the person that he was impersonating. So he did Mickey Mouse, and he did um, oh goodness, what's that show? Family Guy. Yeah, Peter Griffith yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he did him. Uh, and, oh, it is was it the, so is funny. Is it the same guy? That uh, what song did he sing? I don't remember. Was it okay? No, it wasn't. Um, no, there's a dude that does that now, um, on YouTube. He sings like all star and Africa, Matoto and all that. And he goes through like 24 or whatever, different cartoon impressions or people impressions. It may He's be the really same good. guy. He did. He no, did... I looked it up. It's not the same guy, but, oh. uh, but he's very good. He did Simon Cowell, which is <laughs> funny because Simon Cowell's a judge. Yeah. Anyway. This is Craig Ball. That's the guy that you're talking about. On America's Got Talent? Or maybe not. That's Britain's Got Talent. But he did the same thing. The thing in the background. Yeah. Was there Elmo in a suit? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no thank you. <laughs> I'm Elmo. Tickle me, Elmo. Nope. That's Elmo okay. loves you. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> I cannot impersonate. Can't do impressions? Nope. I can do a few. Nope. All of my impressions. If I dial in really well, I can do a good Barack Obama, but it, I have to I have to do a lot of trial and error with my own voice before I remember how to get there. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh can't do Donald Trump. No. I have a fake very bad Donald Trump. Yeah. That I don't I want to get better, but I just can't. He's got weird mannerisms too, and you have to do the weird mannerisms. When yeah. you're doing the Donald Trump thing. He de- you, that was good. Your mannerisms were good. Shoulders up in the ears. Shoulders and- up. The <laughs> hand, hands, hands upward, but in. Yeah. It's weird. And going back yeah. and forth. I don't understand. Yeah. <clears throat> it's very strange. He's got his bottom lip comes down more. Like he talks with his bottom lip instead of his top lip. So mm-hmm. he's got to have this. You pers- watch people way yeah. too intently. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Nope. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. Wrong. <laughs> Was that all of them? That's all of them. That's all of them. All right. Everybody's all up in arms about Riverdale. Loving Riverdale. Archie and the gang in TV form. Uh, but there's a whole history of fascinating Archie facts that you might not know about. So we're going to go through a few of them today. You ever read any Archie comics? I did. Growing up? I did. What was your favorite? Oh, Matt, I don't know. I read them when I was younger, and yeah. we took a lot of road trips. And oh, so they're good road trip things. Yeah. They're cheap, and yeah. they were big. Yep, full of stories. And Double. you can find them in any. Well, back in the day, in the nineties, you could find them in yeah. any gas station, any truck yeah. stop. Yeah. Now, now I've only the only place I see them in our town is Albertsons. Uh huh. In the grocery store. Yeah. Not even like Walmart. Just yeah. Albertsons. I used to get them all the time though when I was a kid. I love Jughead the most. I yeah. think. See, so have that cool hat. I even sent away. For an actual beanie, a Jughead beanie. Really? Yeah, it was too small for my head, like most things. But <laughs> I, I kept it in like my back car window, even when I started driving. It was really cool. <laughs> like, 
a little weird crown beanie. Um, anyway, I loved him when I was a kid. And let's see. Oh, man, I had some story. I don't remember it now. I'm sure it'll come to me. Anyway, let's dive into these facts. Uh, number one, Archie was inspired by a 1930s teenage heartthrob that you probably know the name of. Archie was based on, in part at least, uh, on the Andy Hardy movie series, which starred Mickey Rooney hmm. when he was a kid. When Andy Hardy isn't reject uh, isn't rejecting Girl Next Door Betsy Booth. Hmm. Betsy, Betty. Eh, eh, I eh. get it, I get it. He's dating a slew of Veronica-like girlfriends that include Lana Turner, Donna Reed, and Anne Rutherford. Like Archie, Andy is an average guy who somehow attracts girls who are way out of his league. And thus, the Archie universe's gender dynamics were formed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archie Andrews was was a radio show long before television. From 1943 to 1953, The Adventures of Archie Andrews radio show played primarily on NBC. The show's intro featured a squeaky voice jughead saying, Ah, oh, relax, Archie, relax. <laughs> Oddly, this show for preteens often featured Archie's parents more than Archie himself. Sample plots include Archie gets dressed for a date with Veronica, Mr. Andrews wallpapers a room, and buying a hammock. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) There were simpler times back then. Storylines were so much easier to deal with. Buying a hammock. (laughs) Uh, When the monkeys refused to do sugar, sugar, it went to the Archies. Hmm. Supposedly, when producer Don Kirshner offered the monkeys sugar, sugar, with uh, which songwriter Jeff Barry denies even happened. Uh, they refused it, demanding artistic control and a more mature sound. The situation grew so heated, Mike Nesmith put his fist through a wall, saying, That could have been your face! <laughs> so Kirshner went to, on to create The Archies, formed by the teenagers on TV's The Archie Show, cartoon show, a band that couldn't talk back or hit things. It was a number one song well, in then. 1969. And it wasn't even like a real band. There was people that they hired to be the voices of the Archies. And it was like the, you know, if not the only song, one of very few songs it's attributed not to the Archies. Sugar, sugar. Bop, 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 bop. Not that one. Oh, honey, honey. Yeah, bop, that bop, one. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, really? That's by the Archies. Sugar, do, 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 do. Oh, honey, honey. Yep. That was by the Archies, my friend. Could have been the monkeys, but it's not. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys. (laughs) People say we're monkeying around. That doesn't sound too childish or whatever. (laughs) Go right ahead, monkeys. Do your thing. All right. Archie was a superhero named Captain Pureheart. In 1966, Archie became Captain Pureheart, a Superman-like character with powerful strength and the ability to fly using jet boosters, along with Betty, a.k.a. Super Teen, and Jughead as Captain Hero. Captain Pureheart battled villains like the Ice Cube and Evil Heart, i.e. Reggie, using super bad breath, exploding bubblegum, and the power of a pure heart. Not surprisingly, Captain Pureheart was canceled from lack of sales, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was only the comic dedicated specifically to Captain Pureheart. Because I still remember they would put in a Captain Pureheart whatever storyline, even as early as the early 2000s, 
in the books every huh. now and then. You know, it wouldn't have its own book, but it would be in one of them double digests or whatever. Huh. And they might still do it. I don't know. But they were as long as I was reading it still. All right. Next. <laughs> Archie's Christian comics were a thing that were very biblical. And here's the, in 1973, an artist for Archie comics named Al Hartley got permission to use the characters in a series published by Spire Christian comics. So in 49 issues that followed Archie and his friends undergo evangelical hijinks that included converting a hippie to Christianity, convincing a reporter of the importance of prayer and demonstrating what happens when schools stop teaching the Bible in an old West town. It's okay, folks. They open a Christian bookstore. <laughs> I feel like we could use these to help us I've in our seen, everyday life. I've seen several of them. They're they're very overt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're. I mean, is that the right word? They're very plain as day. You know, this is so Christian <laughs> to the point where I thought that that's what they originally started as. Really? And then they faded off. But now it's just a, a side project that they happen to get the rights to. Hmm. Uh, here's the next fact. Archie cartoons never do that well. There have been six animated Archie TV shows since 1969, ranging in style and theme. The Archie show was straight from the comic books. The new Archies tried to update the animation to please kids from the 1980s. Archie's weird mysteries took on B-movie monsters like mummies and a 50-foot Veronica. (laughs) Not one show lasted more than a year. There's a, a new animated show that was called It's Archie. It did not fare any better. Really? <laughs> but now we got Riverdale. Yeah. Riverdale's a live action Ar- Archie show. And it's in, I think it's third season starting now. I think. Interesting. I haven't even heard of it, Matt. But this wasn't the first time that the Archies came into live action on TV. Hmm. There was a TV movie. Archie. To Riverdale and Back Again, aired on NBC in 1990. In it, Archie, played by Christopher Rich, goes to his 15-year high school reunion. So these are old Archie gang. And runs into the gang, now live-action adults. The movie is impressive in its thorough depiction of Riverdale. Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead even perform a song similar to Sugar Sugar. But will Archie finally pick between Betty and Veronica or stay with his fiancée? gonna have to find the old vhs copy of this to find out (laughs) uh but lastly there have been tons of bonkers crossovers with the archie gang in the comics so here's some of the bizarre comic crossovers featuring the riverdale riverdale crew alongside other established characters they include the ninja turtles the punisher the tiny teen titans barack obama and sarah palin (laughs) the band kiss the cast from Glee, The Predator, and there was even a one-shot comic called Archie and Friends versus Sharknado. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Is there nothing? <laughs> now, they've even had a zombie Archie thing where all the characters... Oh no, what it was. They, <laughs> they buried Jughead's dog. dog Jughead's dog got, got hit and they buried his dog in the pet cemetery and Jughead begs Sabrina the Teenage Witch, who often crosses over with the Jugheads, to bring his dog back to life. She did, but the dog was a zombie, and the dog bit Jughead on the ankle, and Jughead became a zombie, and it just escalated from there. They oh, all became my goodness. Zombies. 
Wow. <laughs> They're just so strange. Hmm. It's so strange. Something seems so normal. Who am I going to date? Betty or Veronica? Or that weird redhead that shows up in the comics every six years? <laughs> <laughs> and then, nope, that's weird. All right. Anyway, that's that's how your Riverdale crew, Riverdale crew, got started. All you teenagers just now getting into Archie because of this show. Right. It's uh, it's 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 it's, it's almost Halloween time. We're, we're less than a week away from the hallowed day of Ween, and <laughs> as we know, uh, Baptists have a mm, love hate relationship, I guess, with the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are fine with it and some people are not and some people think it's of the devil and some people realize that Christians started the holiday and uh, we just don't know where to stand. <laughs> Should we trunk or treat? Should we not? What's a trunk? What if they kidnap you in the trunk? <laughs> this seems like a bad idea to teach children to go up to people's trunks. <sighs> oh, I, don't gosh. Know, I don't know what to do. But <laughs> what we got here is we got a list of... Uh, of uh, Halloween Baptist monsters. I'm going to give you what they're called. Okay. I want you to guess what they what are. What they are. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Some of them might be easier than others. Okay. We'll see. This first one is Count Dracula. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is the guy who is giving out tracks left and right and just can't stop. <laughs> Close, yeah. Person who gives out Bible tracts instead of candy to ah. kids on Halloween. Okay. <laughs> Usually those terrible chick tracks. Have you seen those? No. The oh, they're just oh gosh, they're awful. They're the KGV only of tracks out there. Just so violently obtuse. All right. Next, the if I were your mummy. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't, I'm, something to do with a mom. Yep. Woman who makes it her business to keep Halloween kids from having too much fun. Ah. If I were your mommy, I'd make you, yeah. put you in a, in a leash. All See, right. and I feel like that should be if I were your grandmummy. Well, I feel like it's more of a grandma thing. Yeah. Uh, next, the you can't wear wolf. That's that's the people, the police that are telling you what you can and can't wear because <laughs> Harry Potter is unbiblical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, close enough. It's a church greeter who turns away kids dressed as demons and monsters from the fall festival. <laughs> Bible costumes only, everyone. Bible costumes only. Uh, let's see a lot of shepherds what was that video we saw a lot of shepherds and like nine jesuses and that's just straight up blasphemy (laughs) (laughs) yep all right uh next one's the anti-zombie zombies anti-zombie zombies oh i know this one okay what is it they are the overly tired moms who say that you're not allowed to wear zombie costumes <laughs> no uh, they are christians who blindly protest halloween because they think it's just what christians have to do uh okay i still like my idea like <laughs> yeah, i picture, not bad. Not I bad. picture like 
disheveled hair and spit up on her shirt and a a Starbucks coffee cup and a baby on her hip and she's just screaming, no, you can't be a zombie. (laughs) All right. Uh, The Crack-O-Lantern. It's a jack-o'-lantern full of candy. (laughs) <laughs> Still a person. These are people. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the empty-headed church mom's too worried about people handing out drugs to their kids instead of candy because that happens all oh the time, according to Facebook. Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it let me take happens. a let me take a brief <laughs> brief pause here to tell you two things that you're worried about that have never happened in the history of ever. Number one, never ever has anybody not related to the child kidnapped someone on Halloween. In fact, I think, okay, I'll take it back. It happened one time. It happened in 1945. One crazy person, dude who's actually legally insane, kidnapped a kid. The kid was fine. But every other instance of any child ever going missing has either been that child actually going missing on their own on purpose or it's been a family-related issue. Mm-hmm. There have never been any police reports of anybody kidnapping a kid. Number two. Nobody's giving drugs to your kids. Nobody's putting razor blades in candy bars or apples. Nobody is putting their edible marijuana stuff out there. Nobody's going to give away their drugs, people. Drugs are hard to get. They're illegal. And they want to keep them to use them themselves. Why would they give them to your children? Oh, anyway, it's never happened. All this drug screening junk. Every one of them. All these things, and you've seen a lot of them with pictures and all yeah. this and the proof for whatever yeah. this happened. Every single one of them has been found to be a hoax yeah. or had absolutely no corroborating, corroborating evidence that it was real. Yeah. So quit freaking out and just have fun. You know, even though some of your kids I might want to give a little bit of my downers to, <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> to make it clear, you have downers, not uppers. <laughs> some of you kids need some drugs, but are not having these drugs. <laughs> I can give your parents a card and let them know where to get it from. <laughs> I am hey. just kidding. Good night, people. Take a chill pill, but For a real. legal one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two more. The ghost store. I don't know. It's the pastor who oh. takes his children trick-or-treating but makes sure that they are all dressed in costumes that completely cover their faces so no one knows that they were ever out there. Okay, so I heard store. Oh, ghost or. I heard ghost store. Ghost store. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you didn't hear correctly. I don't know what you're talking Still about your right fault. now. <laughs> Last one. The Frankenstein. Um, I feel like all of these have a similar theme where it's just a bunch of angry, upset people. Yeah, but these are specifically about I can't think of things. anything Frankenstein related. <laughs> Crankenstein. He's mad about something. Well, who do you, when you think of a crank, do you think of? The deacons. Yeah, old people. So this is old folks who assume that all fun is sinful, no matter the night. Okay. <laughs> well. I know a couple of them. (laughs) And I pray for them every day. 
let's name names. Uh, no. <laughs> well, we have Jim Bob and Sally and and Lucy May and nobody's. Are you from the fifties? What's going on here? Listen, Lucy May, so- get your hide in here. It's Halloween night. They're going to be putting drugs in all your candy. They are old folk now, Matt. They're what? They were. They're old folk now. They're all crazy old folk <laughs> okay. now. So they, they were, were kids in the fifties, and now they're old. Folk. Thank you very much. Hey, Sally May. <laughs> Where's Freddie Mac? (laughs) You're listening to the best of the back row. You're listening to the best of the back row. Hey, Mo. Hey, Matt. I got a fever. Four. And the only prescription... It's random facts. <laughs> no, it's more cowbell. More cowbell. Okay, here are your five random facts for the day. I sound thrilled. Can't you tell? It's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, number one, goosebumps are actually caused by a muscle. It's called the erector pili muscle. Mmm, erector pili. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Okay, number two, we're. <laughs> I think it is interesting, but I don't think that I've ever really thought about what causes, or, you know, other than cold or something sounds amazing when someone sings. That's the only other time that I get goosebumps. I'm not sure I've ever gotten goosebumps from, like, a thing that's happened like that, like an experience. Really? Like, ooh, this is giving me goosebumps. I don't think I've ever gotten goosebumps like that. I think I've only ever gotten it from like cold or, you know, having the chills or something. I can't ever recall being like amazed into having goosebumps, you know? I get it a lot when we watch America's Got Talent Hmm. and specifically when kids are on there and they're (laughs) phenomenal, then I get goosebumps and then it also inadvertently makes me cry. Did you get goosebumps when you were watching Honey Boo Boo dance on Dancing with Stars Jr.? No, <laughs> I just kind of felt like, why can't I be as confident as she is up there right, shaking her tail feather and lots of things jiggling? <laughs> if we could all have the confidence of Honey Boo Boo. Right? We would be happier. We would be happier. We would be happier. I'm going to say it. I wish I was as confident as Honey Boo Boo, too. How confident are you? I'm Honey Boo Boo confident. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to honey boo boo, <laughs> how confident are you to dance in public? <laughs> All right. Weird Al Yankovic wrote his parody. What? Yankovic. Goodness wrote gracious. His parody song, The Saga Begins, before Star Wars Episode One was released. Lucasfilm denied his request to see it early, so he relied on internet spoilers for plot details. And it was dang accurate. Two. Was it? Yeah. I don't think that I've heard it. Plot points and everything. Got it all in there. Huh. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It was a good song. Because it was made after... Have you heard that one? The Saga Begins? Mm-mm. It's a parody of American Pie. So, my, my, this here Anakin guy. Maybe Vader someday later. Now he's just a small fry. <laughs> yeah, it's, really, it's really good. It's a really good parody. Huh. <laughs> well, then. 
Uh, number three, people didn't always say hello when they answered the phone. When the first regular phone service was established in 1878, Alexander Graham Bell suggested answering the phone with, Ahoy! <laughs> they, they pay tribute to that on The Simpsons with uh, Mr. Burns, who's, whose age is always some mythical hundreds of years old. Yeah. He's just such an old person. So every time he answers the phone, he's all, Ahoy! Ahoy! <laughs> <laughs> Um, on Scooby-Doo, Shaggy's real name is Norville Rogers. Uh, no, thank you. I'll pass on that. It's because of his hair that they call him Shaggy. (laughs) And lastly... that's why. (laughs) Lastly, blood donors in Sweden receive a thank you text when their blood is used. That is cool. Isn't that nice? Imagine having like a terrible day and then that pops up on your screen. You'll be on cloud nine for weeks. Although, what happens if, like, you donate blood and then years later you wind up having some sort of blood deficiency and you were just diagnosed with this and you get the text, hey, your blood was used, and you look at your text and you're like, what the crap? I need that blood back. (laughs) Um, can I make a withdrawal? All right, artist updates. There were lots of big wins to go around in the 2018 Gospel Music Association's Dove Awards last week. No one, no one Christian music artist dominated the 49th annual ceremony, which took place Tuesday, last Tuesday, at Lipscomb University in Asheville. Instead, a trio of newcomers, Corey Asbury, Torin Wells, and Zach Williams, earned the night's most prestigious prizes. Singer-songwriter and pastor Corey Asbury's Reckless Love was named Song of the Year and Worship yeah, Song was. of the Year. Uh, solo artist Torin Wells came into Tuesday's ceremony with more nominations than any other artist, and he didn't leave empty-handed. The former frontman for Royal Taylor took home four doves, including New Artist of the Year and Contemporary Christian Artist of the Year. Uh, and then one year after he won the New Artist Prize, Southern rocker Zach Williams, whom we got to see live at Celebrate Recovery Summit this year, uh, was named Artist of the Year. Just all across the board, number one Artist of the Year. So in one year, he went from New Artist. New, so new Artist of the Year to, to Artist, Artist of, of the, the year. year. Good yeah. for you, Zach Williams. That album is fantastic. It really is. It's you, a really good album. You know, and he's just... Uh, hearing a bit of his testimony yeah. at the summit, he is just—he's amazing. Great, he's humble. Yep, he's—he's—he's he's, he's, uh, so appreciative of of where God has brought him mm-hmm. in such a short time. Yep. Uh, yeah. If you haven't picked up that album, uh, do it because it's good. So most the, of it's on Micro Radio. <laughs> it is. The only thing that I'm sad about. We didn't spotlight anything for King and Country. Did they get anything? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you? Well, no. Let's let's look it up together. Come along with me <laughs> on a journey. I'm just. I'm just curious. I don't know if their album came out in enough time. I know they have the singles. Well, uh, yeah. But does the whole album have to be out for them I don't, to I'm be? Not, I'm not sure. I'm not. Because sure. I feel like Joy should have gotten them something. Ah, okay. Hold on. Dove Awards, uh, they they won uh, Christmas and special event album. Oh, their uh, their al- their Christmas album year. last year was, and uh, they were nominated but did not win contemporary Christian artists. Of okay, course. so that went to Torn Wells. Torn Wells. No. Yeah. 
Was it? Yeah, okay, it was. Yeah. Toron Wells. So. Yeah. so, yeah. So, they won. They, they took a dove home. But I'm sure this next year with Burn the Ships. Have you heard uh-uh. all the album? Uh-uh. Ooh. I haven't. I mean, it's not as good. I will I will immediately say it's not as good as Live Free, uh, Die Hard, however it is. <laughs> <laughs> Run Wild, Live Free, yes. Love Strong. There we go. <laughs> Live Free, Die Hard. <laughs> It's not as good as that album, but it is very good. Yeah. Uh, one of the reviewers I read put it as like it's it's their growing up album. Like it's it's a lot of their songs are about some really deep things, deep or tough emotional issues, both in marriage and in faith. Hmm. Uh, if you heard Pioneers, it was one of their more recent singles. No. It's about it's I'm them still and, stuck on joy, man. It's them, <laughs> that's well, a lot of people are, <laughs> um, but it's it's uh, them and both their wives are oh. singing the song. And it's about, you know, let's not let any of these things, these outside forces or whatever, take our marriage down. Let's be pioneers and keep going. Keep going out into the unknown or the great unknown. Stuff hmm. like that. It's a really beautiful song. I'm, I'm sure you will love it yeah. immediately. Um, so, yeah. Well, that makes me feel better to know that our our favorite band actually did. Didn't get snuffed. Yeah. Snuffed, is that the word? I Stiffed, mean, that was what I was saying. Either, either way. Although word. I am super still bitter with them for not coming to Right. Summit they better have a darn good reason to cancel on our summit. I know, but that's the only reason we go to summit. No, right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's the only reason I was going. No. Uh, another artist update. Bob Smiley has a question. He posted, I'm going to Canada on Saturday and would like to do... Part of my show in Canadian. Is there a translation app I can use? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so diving off of that, I have a list here of, uh, I think, 10. Yeah. 10 or so Canadian words or phrases Okay. for things in America. I want you to guess what they are. Okay. Okay. I have to get into my inner Robin. Right. Some of them are easy. Some of them are just out there. Okay. First one, coffee whitener. Am I asked what? What is coffee whitener? It's creamer. Yeah, non-dairy creamer. Yeah. Yeah. Keen bean. Keen? Keen bean. K-E-E-N bean, like a food bean. Keen bean. Um... I don't know. (laughs) It's someone who's content with where they are. Nope. It's a teacher's pet. Keen bean. A keen bean. Okay. <laughs> what are runners? Um, like what we consider a gopher, someone who we get to do our our. <laughs> no, it's tasks. Uh, running shoes. Oh, uh, okay. Get my runners. Yeah, I get yeah. my runners. Uh, what's a converter? All that I can think of is the thing that you put your outlets into <laughs> to change it from 110 to 220. No, nope, it is a TV remote. <laughs> well, that doesn't Converting make any sense. your channels, I guess. What's craft dinner? Macaroni and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> elastics. What are elastics? Rubber bands. Yeah, good job. Uh, what's soccer baseball? Soccer baseball. Hold on, let me think about all the sports. <laughs> Wait a minute. Soccer, How do I put those two together? Baseball. What do I get? It's not hockey. No. <laughs> I'm just thinking 
I don't know. It's kickball, which is essentially soccer baseball. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> baseball that you kick. Uh, what's Man. a What's a parkade? Parkade? A parking lot? Uh, parking garage. Close okay. enough. Uh, what's a garburator? Garbage disposal? Yes. Ah. <laughs> and last one. What is a bunny hug? One word. Bunny hug. Bunny hug. Mm-hmm. Bunny hug. What I'm thinking is not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a hooded sweatshirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> very, a hoodie. Very nonchalant and um, unoffensive. Bunny hug. hug. <laughs> Got to grab my bunny hug. All right. It is not Top List Tuesday, but we have a top list for you. It's 10 life skills. 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 Got the skills. <laughs> Your teen needs before leaving home. Hmm. You ready for this? I am because I have a teen. teen who needs to be leaving home one day. Yep. And he's got to learn, learn these things. Yep. Learn these things. Number one, basic cooking skills. Check. Right? Yep. Yeah. You got to be able to. And I'm, we're not talking like pour your own cereal here. No. That ain't cooking. Yep. We're talking about flipping a grilled cheese. <laughs> Topher makes hamburgers. <laughs> nice. Yep. That's good. Yep. I'm trying to remember. I think grilled cheese was the first thing I learned to like cook, like where I had to turn on a stove. Yeah. I think grilled cheese was the first thing my mom would let me make, like even when she wasn't there. I can remember talking to my friend on, you know, on the corded phone. On the corded phone. Yep. And <laughs> ruining mac and cheese. Oh, mm-hmm. yep. That'll do it. Yep. That'll do it. Yep. There's some point where you just can't salvage noodles no you have to let the water boil before you put the noodles in oh you put the noodles in Mm -hmm. at the beginning Mm -hmm. that's what i do if i boil hot dogs i put the hot dogs in right away yeah and let them cook as the water yeah and then those are good but not noodles i remember my friend and actually this you'll get to make fun of me for this her name is bobby joe but i remember her saying you put the noodles in with the water you have to let the water boil and (laughs) Well, can't I just let it all boil together? No! Just throw it away! <laughs> yeah. Essentially, that's what you gotta do. Bobby Joe! Yep. Bobby Joe's right. So, Bobby, if you're listening, I still remember that phone conversation. Bobby Joe knows her noodles. Yep. Mo knows no noodles. I know no noodles. <laughs> Mo don't know noodles. <laughs> we should have a whole new segment of Mo don't know. <laughs> Today oh, on that, Mo don't know. That would be a fun segment. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, I'm going to make it something. All right. It's going to be something. <laughs> All right. Number two, budgeting and money management skills, which we, gosh, we don't. How is that not something we learn in school? I agree. I don't understand. I agree. This is a, a necessary, very necessary life skill for every single person. Mm-hmm. Why is it not taught in school? This is actually something that I want to start within the next year is having the boys sit down with Chris and I and mm. look over our finances. I feel like, though, it's incredibly vulnerable for us to say, okay, this is how much money we bring in and this is how much money (laughs) has to come out. Yeah. (laughs) But then at the same time, I feel like not only would they be learning that life skill, but they may grow a slight appreciation for the things that they have. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Number three, 
personal healthcare knowledge. Okay, so it says knowledge. So I've done my part in telling him how to take care of himself. I can't expect him to do it. True. But at least you have put the planted that seed of being healthy. I mean, still at almost 13 years old. Did you brush your teeth? Please go brush your teeth <laughs> and floss. Uh, floss? What? Well, he has to with braces now. Oh, right. I remember that. Oh, gosh. I hated braces. Yeah. I had them for like four years. I had them so long. Really? I hated it. Yes. It was awful. Um, And then I got the braces off and they gave me a retainer and I wore it for about a week. And I'm like, you know what? Forget this. And I didn't wear it ever again. I lost my retainer at my best friend's house. Never saw it again. Mo don't know where her retainer went. Mo don't know. (laughs) Mo does know how to remove her own braces, though. Ah. Mm -hmm. Mm. They told me I would only need braces for one year. I only had them on my top teeth because I had a gap in the middle. They said, you only need them for one year. I had an appointment on the one-year mark the night before that appointment. I took the center bracket off. It's not called a bracket. The center... The thing that hold the wire, the, the, the center main wire, wire thing. Uh-huh, and took all the elastics off every bracket. And the only thing that I had when I walked into that appointment were the brackets because they were actually cemented right, on cemented your teeth. On, yeah. Yep. The orthodontist looked at me and was like, I would have done this for you. <laughs> no, I wanted to make sure you were taking them off. <laughs> like, I, I'm done. I don't know. I don't know how you, but I am done. <laughs> you said one year and they are coming off. Okay. <laughs> So I have this permanent retainer on my bottom teeth. Uh-huh. They've cemented in and yeah. there's a thing around two of my teeth, metal bracket around my teeth that I couldn't take off if I wanted to. Yeah. I would need you know, a power tool to get off. Mm-hmm. I have gone in on two separate occasions, made appointments with my former orthodontist. I want this off. I'm coming in. Please take it off. That has been the appointment. And each time we've gone in there, he's been looking at it or whatever. And then he goes, okay, everything looks good. And he gets up and he leaves. And my appointment's over. And the nurse takes me out. I'm like, I, huh. <laughs> and I don't know what to do. You have to be more I'm bold like, in speaking up. Before, like when he comes in the room, before he even starts to look, you say, okay, sir, listen, I'm here today so you can take this off. We're not just checking up on it. So sick. Food getting caught between this dumb wire on the back of my teeth and my teeth. Ah, I hate it. <laughs> I still have it. I don't know if I'll ever get it taken off now. <laughs> Probably not. <clears throat> I will die with this piece of metal in my mouth. It'll be on your tombstone. At least my Matt bottom Coker teeth will stay straight. And his retainer. <sighs> All right. Anyway. Where were we? What were we talking about? Number five. Oh, ten number life four. skills. Number ten four. life skills your ten needs before leaving home. Number four, good social skills and manners. Mm. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Number five, auto maintenance skills. Mm-hmm. Another thing we should be learning in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess now we have YouTube for that. So. It's true. <laughs> Number six. No, seriously. Uh, with the auto maintenance thing, Greg, you know, my father-in-law, knows all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever he volunteers to do this for me, like change the oil or whatever, I feel like he wants to teach me how to do it. And you don't want to learn. But I'm like, mm, all right, you do that. I'm going to be in here. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Greg. Because <laughs> I would, I will more than happily hand over the 60 bucks or whatever it is to 
grease monkey or wherever to get my oil changed. Be yeah. pressured. Be pressured to change all these filters that I have no idea if they need to be changed yet or not. Right. Go ahead. Have all my money just so <laughs> I don't have to do any of this. Right. <sighs> I changed. I had to go to YouTube to change a, a, the headlight of my wife's car. And just how long that took, I'm like, it's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth saving the money. <laughs> Chris just changed both my headlights Ugh. last night. but And I think along with this auto maintenance skills, not necessarily being able to do it yourself, but in the event that you have to take it into an auto mechanic shop. You don't get taken advantage of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Both my dad and my grandfather were mechanics, and Chris is also a mechanic. And so I have a knowledge for cars to a degree. Could I go in and do it myself? Absolutely not. But I'm not a fool. And the first time that I took my car to Grease Monkey, Chris was the first year the kids and I were here without Chris. He was in Alamogordo. Alamogordo. Um, But they tried hard to tell me, you need to have this changed and this changed and this changed. And I was like, nope. Just my oil. Thank you. And we're using this brand, and that's all. <laughs> they just kind of look at me, and in my head, I do this whole internal, like, pat on the back, like, there you go. Good job, girl. <laughs> you learned something you will not be taken advantage of today. Well, the other thing is, why are we getting our oil change every 3,000 miles? Almost all oil is rated for up to 15,000 mm-hmm. miles. Mm-hmm. Why do we feel like we have to get it changed every three thousand, or our car is going to explode? Because that's what <laughs> that's what society teaches us. Right. We are ingrained to learn this. And lesson: look on the little sticker, mm-hmm. specifically Grease Monkey, mm-hmm. the little sticker that they put on your car. They always round up on your mileage. So when it says or round down, whatever way would get you to that three thousand faster? Round down, yeah, yeah. So that, I want to say that there were like 22,000 miles, something like that. And then, but they rounded it down to 20. Mm. So that I lost 2,000 miles. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, I think at least you need to know how to change a tire. Yeah. Because that's a situation where you might find yourself in where you have no other option. Yeah. I have had to do that several times. And I have, and I almost always forget that the car still needs to be down when you loosen the bolts. Because if it's up in the air, that Mm -hmm. tire's just going to turn with you. Yep. So I always forget that. I always figure out the whole crank it, crank it up, get it up in the air. I'm like, ah, dang it. (laughs) Oh. And put it down. Crank it back down. Because <laughs> that crank ain't easy to do either. Yep. <sighs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I've had it, I think, three or four times I've had to change a tire. Yeah. It's not fun. No, it's not. All right. Number seven essential domestic skills. This is number six, actually. Sorry. Number six mm-hmm. counting skills. <laughs> essential, essential domestic skills. So dishes uh, and laundry. Yeah. How to take care of yourself. Vacuuming. Not have to come home to mommy. Uh, number seven, being a good judge of character. Mm. Mm-hmm. I feel like part of that is just trial your and personality, error. yeah, and how oh. you how you. Some people are never going to be a good judge of character. You yeah, know? some people are gullible. And some people don't trust anybody. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I bet it's I bet it's still part mostly a skill. Well, and I was thinking, learn. how do you teach that to? Well, it, does it say you got to teach it? It just says needs, life skills your team needs, needs before yeah. leaving home. So Not necessarily, you just I don't know. Teacher, yeah, I guess. Um, number eight, work skills and basic responsibility. Hmm. Uh, number nine, the ability to discern between love and infatuation. That's a good one. Gosh, that's a big one. And number 10, the ability to admit fault and start over. Again, a big one. <laughs> this list just got real with that right? number 10. Yep. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I admit it. I'm at fault. Four. For what did you do? Not knowing how to read. Oh. <laughs> or for, count. For, not knowing how to count. For running over in time. Then <laughs> running over in time. You are listening to the best of the back row. Bible or not, it's a classic game where we read some quotes and we try and guess if they're from the Bible or if they're not. That's pretty simple, really. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to read you five and then you'll read me five. How does that sound? Sounds like plan. Who does better? Stan. All right. So you, here's your first one. Those to whom evil is done do evil in return. Not. Correct. That was W.H. Auden, an American poet. All right, next one. The strongest of all warriors are these two, time and patience. Not. not. Not? Correct. Leo Toy Story. Toy Story. Story. Leo Toy, Toy, Toy Story. <laughs> Leo Tolstoy. All right, next. By your patience, possess... What is huh? By your patience, possess your souls. Bible or not? Not. Wrong. Ooh. Luke twenty one nineteen. Twenty one nineteen. Isn't that from Monsters, Monsters Inc? Inc? Yeah. Is it twenty one nineteen? Maybe. <laughs> I don't. That's <laughs> when a sock is on you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right here's your next one. Uh, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Bible or not? Not. Wrong. Genesis really? eight twenty two. I knew that one. Genesis eight twenty two. All right, last one. Uh, through God we will do valiantly, for it is He who shall tread down our enemies. Bible or not? This is one of those. Yeah, one of them sneaky ones that could or could not be. Could be some weird Shakespeare thing. Could be some uh, war general. Okay, so we had two that were not, two, two that were. were. I'm saying Bible. <laughs> Correct. Psalm sixty twelve. All right, so you got three. Three out of five. Three out of five ain't bad. It's it's a majority. All right. That's right. All right. Well, let's see how well I do as we start this over. Oh, gosh. Uh, reaching oh, gosh. across okay. the table. All right. <laughs> if you build it, he will come. <laughs> <laughs> Not. 
Wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. Field of Dreams, 1989. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. Let my armies be these things? Let my armies be the rocks and the trees and the birds in the sky. I want to say not. Correct. That was from Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. All right. Also 1989. Weird. Okay. Love means never having to say you're sorry. (laughs) Not. This is dumb. (laughs) It's all random, folks. That was Love Story, 1970. (laughs) Uh, But be not afraid of greatness. Some are born great. Some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. Not. This is dumb. It's William Shakespeare. These the are all very, night. very well-known quotes. This is so stupid. <laughs> Much learning is driving you mad. <laughs> and not. <sighs> Is that, it really one? That is a Bible verse. What That's is it? Acts twenty six twenty four. Driving you mad? Yep. Wow, I don't think I've ever seen the word mad like that in the Bible. I wonder what translation it is. Anyway, right. I win. <laughs> four to one uh, in right answers for me. Three to two right answers for you. I win by one. Whatever. Take that, Mo. I'm going to hold on. I to really the, thought that last one. Two, I did too. So another news story is pretty interesting. Uh, okay. The Denver International Airport has been fueling elaborate conspiracy theories since it opened in 1995. Didn't we talk about this? We did kind of. Okay. Yeah, we talked about the horse, uh, which we'll talk about a little right. more. Right. Okay. Uh, new advertisements posted around the building suggest it doesn't really mind its associations with lizard people and or the Illuminati. Rather than dispelling these rumors, the airport is using them as fodder for a new tongue-in-cheek ad campaign, Mashable reports. Uh, the ads are tied to the renovation of Denver's airport's great, Denver Airport's Great Hall, and they're displayed on the construction walls uh, that have been erected around the space since the project began this summer. Instead of promoting the new plans, posters make reference to some of the wildest conspiracy theories attached to the airport, including the rumored tunnels that run beneath it, its Freemasons Association, and the cursed blue horse statue outside, which is actually responsible for the death of its sculptor. The ads include pictures of gargoyles and aliens with one reading, Yes, Den's got some secrets in large <laughs> letters. Each poster includes the URL denfiles.com instead of X-Files, it's yep. denfiles, uh, which redirects to the airport's renovation project website. The Denver International Airport has inspired so many conspiracy theories, it's hard to fit them all into one ad campaign. Uh, one is the runway shape. Uh, these are some of the more nefarious conspiracy theories. Although one, and I doubt this one is on the boards. Although one of the underlying themes of the various conspiracy theories regarding DIA holds that uh, Stapleton was a fine airport and they didn't need to replace it with Denver International. There is one inarguable point. Inarguable point: the runways at Stapleton were not smartly laid out. The parallel runways were too close together for safe landing in bad weather, which happened around 150 days a year. Jeez. So it would cut the number of of arrivals in an hour from Mm -hmm. 80 to like 36. Denver International doesn't have that same problem, but it does have something far more nefarious. A shape that many people have noticed looks curiously like a swastika, at least from the air. Taken on its own, such a shape could be brushed off as just being a really terrible piece of planning. But combined with everything else, 
It looks very odd indeed. <laughs> Number two is the markings. The airport bears a series of strange markings on its floors that some people believe symbolize a new strain of hepatitis that could be used in biological warfare. Now, I did notice the flooring when I was there a yeah. couple months ago That's and weird, was right? really confused. <laughs> in reality, most of the symbols are taken from the Navajo language or are pulled from the periodic table of elements. Mm. Number three, the dedication marker. There is one very weird marker that's hard to ignore, a dedication marker and capstone that's been placed over a time capsule, which supposedly includes a credit card, a Colorado flag, and the Denver International uh, pardon me, International <laughs> Airport's opening day newspaper, among many other things. Uh, it's set to be opened in 2094. The symbols on the marker are associated with the Freemasons, a charitable, orga charitable organization that is often subject to their own conspiracy theories. Uh, the marker also mentions the New World Airport Commission, an organization that doesn't actually exist. Or does it? Mm. Our brains are spinning. But apparently to be taken, taking credit for building the entire airport. Uh, they, I'm sorry. They appear to be taking credit for building the entire airport. However, the contributors listed as part of the so-called nwac include an architecture firm and a metal company and they do exist and they just make buildings and metals probably <laughs> uh and then four and five the tunnels and the underground bunker uh the airport is home to a number of tunnels including a tram that goes between uh, concourses and a failed automated baggage system that all sounds normal enough, but there is definitely something weird about the automated baggage system, mainly that it cost a lot of money and then never actually worked. The system, which failed pretty spectacularly when it was first tested and just never got better, was one of the reasons for Denver International's delayed opening. And by 2005, most of the airport's concourses had abandoned it totally, making both its bloated price and long delays feel like even more of a failure or at least a really weird way to cover up the building of tunnels. Mm. But where did the tunnels go? Perhaps to some kind of underground bunker? Most of the people who believe in the various conspiracy theories regarding Denver International seem to think that the airport is actually the headquarters for something far nastier than just an airport, like the New World Order or our own American government. This idea might sound pretty wild just because the place is big, question mark? Just because of all the weird stuff in the airport, question mark. But there is something very strange to back it up. Buried buildings. As the story goes, when Denver International was first being built, five massive buildings were built somehow incorrectly. Instead of being blown up or otherwise dismantled, they were buried. Although theorists say that a construction worker ultimately blew the whistle on this very weird practice, Finding his original testimony on the subject now is almost impossible. That's very strange. <laughs> and then, uh, as Mo mentioned, we did talk about this on a podcast a while back. But the bonus here is the horse statue and the weird murals. Conspiracy theories aside, it's hard to deny the weirdness of Denver International's unofficial mascot. A massive horse statue called Blue Mustang that has already killed at least one man. A 32-foot tall and 9,000 pounds, it's made out of fiberglass, Blue Mustang is huge and imposing, and its glowing red eyes don't help matters. This thing is giant and really scary, and it killed the man who made it. Really. Truly. <laughs> Artist Louis Jimenez. Louis. Luis. Luis, Luis Jimenez died in 20, 2006. Uh, 2006. <laughs> 
with a piece of the sculpture's head broke off and severed an artery in his leg. Leo Tanguma's two murals, which take up wide swaths of wall space in DIA's baggage claim, might have some nice names. They're called Children of the World, Dream of Peace, and In Peace and Harmony with Nature, respectively, but their actual content is terrifying. Death mask soldiers stalk children with guns. Animals are dead and kept under glass, and the entire world looks to have been destroyed. As if being at the airport wasn't bad enough. <laughs> to his credit, the narrative of Tanguma's murals ends on a happy note with all the peace and harmony stuff. And the artist himself has said, I have children sleeping amid the debris of war, and this warmonger is killing the dove of peace. But the kids are dreaming of something better in the future, and their little dream goes behind the general and continues uh, behind the group of people. And the kids are dreaming that peace will happen someday. See how the little dream becomes something really beautiful? That someday the nations of the world will abandon war and come together? Still, the last place anyone wants to see the depictions of death and destruction is at an airport. Truth. So, all, a lot of weird stuff. It is. About Denver International. And it is. That makes me wonder why it's a hub. Thank you for listening to the best of Matt and Mo here on BackRowRadio.com. For more of Matt and Mo's antics throughout the years, follow our podcast, The Morning Side Hug, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can hear brand new episodes of The Morning Side Hug Monday through Thursday on BackRowRadio.com at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. See you again real soon. <laughs>